This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today's guest on Valley Views is John Genovese, Vice Chair of All Aboard Westcliff, and we're going to be talking about all things train today. John, welcome to the program. Thank you. As we're broadcasting this, you're planning to open up your facilities in a week or two, so the timing's good here. Yes, it is, uh, and we've been uh, doing a lot of cleaning and prepping to have the opening uh, over Memorial Day weekend on Saturday. As we talked a bit coming up, we both have a history in Chicago. Uh, you worked there for quite a while, it sounds like. Yeah, well, I uh, was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, my father worked for Pullman Standard, train manufacturer, mm. and kind of ties in with everything I do now because I, uh, in 1958, he bought me my first train set, which was a Lionel, and uh, I've been hooked on trains. We did a lot of train travel in my youth. And so the tie with All Aboard Westcliff here is just perfect. That sounds great. Now, growing up, I had several Lionel trains in the attic. Spent a fair amount of time there. What's the common denominator that brings together people that like trains? Well, first off, there's the uh, lore of having... Uh, trains going by your house uh, when you're growing up and and the fact that you did travel on trains when you were uh, a kid and then to actually have a replica running in your attic in your basement <laughs> in some people's uh, living rooms and uh, Lionel was the train of the day and it's just an attraction to the big guys, the big trains, and, mm -hmm. and uh, having it in your house and, and having the ability to run it is, is something I think that is still there today with some of the kids. <laughs> and a lot of people have this in their background. My brother has a friend out in Marin County, California, who is Neil Young's train guy for the, the real technical part. Neil Young's a huge fan, and he, it's a, something he shares with his son, I know. Yeah, he has a, uh, a son uh, that uh, is disabled, and uh, he has developed uh, electronics that has now for Lionel and is used uh, in just general things. As, as we find today that the technology used for voice adaptations and things was there for deaf folks. Mm -hmm. And now it's common for people to have that type of technology. And Neil was always a technologist, mm -hmm. whether it was with a guitar or, or a train. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the history of railroading here in the Wet Mountain Valley. When I think of the past, there was the narrow gauge that was famously here in the 1880s mainly, the standard gauge that went to Texas Creek about 1900 and beyond. Give us a bit of the history. So uh, in 1880, a nail gauge was built from uh, Canyon City to Westcliff, and it was an, a narrow gauge that ran along Grape Creek. And it was well over 30 crossings of that creek. That was great because it was easy to build in a low, stable, flat, no huge inclines. But there was a lot <laughs> of storms that yeah, wiped right. out the tracks. <laughs> And that was it, one of its downfalls. The uh, 1890, it, it ceased to exist because they just couldn't maintain it. And there was also a depression during that time. 
The silver market in 1890 was down along with the uh, economy. And what about the standard gauge that ran to Texas Creek? I'm, I'm remembering that started about 1900 and went for 25, 30 years. In 1899, there was discussions by uh, General Palmer, the leader and founder of the Denver Rio Grande, that they wanted to come back here. So they, they were looking at the valley again and decided if they were going to do it, they were going to change its uh, route. And so Texas Creek, which had a big yard up there and a big Y where you can move cars around, was a natural location. And it followed Texas Creek all the way down to the valley to where the depot is today, where the engine house is today. That was all the standard gauge run. And what was the main purpose of the standard gauge? Was it passengers, vegetables? Well, it, it started out, again, with uh, agriculture and mining, and it also became the start of our tourism. It seemed like every train consist, the group of cars, had at least one coach car. And in the summers, the late summers, they had two, three, sometimes four coach cars because people were coming to the valley to see our beauty. And do you know when the standard gauge was running were there multiple trains a day? They would have like a morning and an evening train or afternoon train. In, in the heyday, they were running a couple trains a day and every day. And then towards the end, in the 1930s, the trains were like one or two a week. And the reason was we now had cars. We had trucks. That was competition for transport to the valley. Mm-hmm. Plus, there was the Great Depression, Let's talk a bit about All Aboard Westcliff. Remind us of the history. How long has it been around? How did it get started? It's a funny thing, especially being in this building, the Porth building, because it was Mel and Doris Porth with their friend Irene Francis that just had a conversation about the history of the valley and the trains and what that meant to the valley. And so in a few more conversations and a few more people, this Nonprofit All Aboard Westcliff was founded in 1990. Okay. Let me ask, you've got three buildings. Tell us about those. So we have the historic depot that was built in 1901 on Main Street. And it, after the train stopped coming and all the rails were tore up, that became a residence. And we had an opportunity to purchase that building, and we took it. Uh, we bought it in 2013 had it restored and opened in 2018, and it's on the historic registry. And we have the engine house, which may be the only existing engine house from that era in Colorado, and that's the big brown building. That's where they maintain steam engines. The Heritage Center is also part of your buildings. It's used as an event center, and there are model trains there, as I understand. Yes, the Heritage Center was built in... I believe the early 2000s, and it was built to replicate a prairie depot that you would see in Nebraska, but it was also intended to be used by the community as an event center, and it has been since then. Recently, we've brought in a, well, I guess a legacy Lionel train set down, a layout down there. We have an N-gauge layout down there in in construction. And back in the um, 1990s, early 2000s, there was a model railroad group that built an HO down there, which was to replicate the rail from 
Canyon City, Texas Creek to Westcliff. And there's nobody around that built that today. And we are starting to get it. We have uh, get it going again, and we will have that running along the other ones in the basement of the Heritage Center uh, when we open. Great. How many folks are involved with All Aboard Westcliff? How many members do you count? It kind of fluctuates, but I believe it's somewhere between 25 and 30 actual members. We have probably about 10 board of directors, 8 to 10 board of directors, and 4 officers, which I'm the vice chair. Okay. Now most groups in town are looking for new members. Are you looking for specific interests or skills? Yeah, they must breathe, walk. Uh, No, we are actually looking for new members all the time. And there's a lot of new residents here. And if you have no idea about All Aboard Westcliff, find out about us. It's a great place. We have activities. And we're also looking for docents. So on Saturdays when we are open, we have people talk about where they're at, the depot, the engine house, the rolling stock like the caboose and the crew car that's there, downstairs in in the Heritage Center with the model trains. Mm -hmm. We need people there, you know, and if you want to be a docent, we've got the training for you. Okay. Let's talk a little about the rolling stock. You've got some interesting cars sitting out in the yard. Tell us about those. Well, we have that old caboose, the uh, 0825. We purchased that in 1992 and fully restored it, and we give tours through it, and it was uh, restored in 2010. We also have the crew car or outfit car that's there. It says diner sleeper on the side, and that was purchased in 2010 and rebuilt and opened in 2014. We have a rarity in that car, and also in the side door caboose, which is the one that looks like a skeleton now. It needs restoration. Both of those may be the only ones existing in Colorado today. What are your projects for the next year or two? Oh, we have uh, <laughs> good news, exciting news, challenging news. We're going to move the 0825 caboose from its current location there off Rosita Avenue to the track's that we've uh, restored by the depot. On Main Street there. On Main Street. We hope to do that within maybe a month or two, or, uh, but it's going to be done this year, and that's a lot of work, but it's going to be great for the depot and people visiting. So let me ask a bit about what's coming up. I know on Memorial Day weekend, uh, you're opening up for the summer. When are you open during the summer? What days and times? Because of limited staff, we only open on Saturdays from Memorial Day weekend to Labor Day weekend on Saturdays, and we are open from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Then, 4th of July is our big day. We have our world-famous all-you-can-eat pancake breakfast from 7 to 10, so as soon as that parade goes by the depot, we know that we've fed a lot of people. (laughs) And you also have a flea market there on the 4th of July? 4th of July, we have a flea market on Rosita Avenue by the Heritage Center. And that is, this year it's going to be Sunday and Monday, the 3rd and 4th. And we will be open from 9 to 3 on both of those days. And we we have people rent spaces, we have food there, concessions. So it's it's usually pretty crazy in there too. Great. And 
On May 28th, which is the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, the Second Street Block Party is being hosted by KLCR right out here in the street. You guys are opening up that day. It'd be a great time for folks to visit all of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, nothing better than music and trains. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of music and trains, I do a bluegrass country show, and on the week uh, that we're broadcasting this, I'm going to feature all train songs for the hour that I'm on the air, and I know that I will not have any trouble filling that up. I hear that uh, train a-coming. <laughs> Just this morning on the internet, Bob Dylan uh, announced his latest uh, sculpture project, and it is basically a boxcar-sized replica uh, with a lot of filigree on it, kind of a, uh, an empty skeleton, an art piece, but it's based on a boxcar. And when asked, he said, hey, where I grew up, you couldn't drive all day without having to stop for a train. He, he's another another train guy. Yeah, it's, it's funny to hear that. Uh, and I don't know if he's ever really written a song about a train, but he's he's got a catalog that's huge. <laughs> John, we're running out of time. What else should folks know? Well, here's one of the things I, I would love to have our local residents who get visitors, friends and family coming out here, take them to All Aboard Westcliff. You'll get a good history lesson on not only trains, but what brought the trains and what kept them here. And it was a great agricultural community that had crops that were going out for sale and we had cattle going out for sale and we had all this mining and the town of Westcliff was established because of the train. There's a great story to tell about how that all came about with Silvercliff a mile away and the train had no buildings here. <laughs> so learn history, come out. We have a website allaboardwestcliff.org. We have an email, aaw.inc1415 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. And if you have just a tiny bit of desire to join, come talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. And May 28th, Saturday, would be a great time to uh, start that conversation. John, thanks for stopping by today. I really appreciate you giving us the time. Thank you, Gary. We've been visiting with John Genefies, Vice Chair of All Aboard Westcliff. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m., and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a rainbow.